Welcome to the Campus Outreach Podcast, where we want to equip you to make your college years count for eternity. I'm your host, Tyler Olson, also known as T-Roll, and today I am joined by my very good friend and a returning star of the podcast, Mr. Joel Ledbetter, who is the Area 2 Director, living here in Carrollton, Georgia. Joel, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing well, man. It's good to see you. You glad to be back? I am excited to be here again. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, So you've been on before, and we always like to try to have something at the beginning to help our listeners get to know our guests a little more. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about your the the various places you've lived? So you're living in Carrollton now, and you've you've kind of been all over the place in the southeast, and you kind of have a cool story about uh, where all the various places you've lived. Can you kind of run everyone through? Um, through that for us today? Yes. Yeah. I I have lived in a lot of different cities, but it's also been kind of cool because I've come back to some of the cities that I once lived. So I grew up here in Carrollton, Georgia. I went to Berry College after I graduated high school in Rome, Georgia. Um, went down to Orlando for grad school up to North Carolina, Asheville area for my first job and um, and worked there for a few years and then ended up coming back to Rome um, to come on staff with Campus Outreach and have been on staff for five years now and then recently, last year, moved to Carrollton. Yeah, so, so all roads lead back to Carrollton for you, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yes. It seems like. That's cool, man. What was it like living in Asheville? That is such a cool place. It is a cool spot. It is really, really um, trendy, hip. Uh, those are some of the words I would use to describe it. Th- that, those words perfectly describe <laughs> you too, man. Trendy and hip. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right, bro. Well, listen, let's get into the topic. We have an, uh, a good topic for our listeners today. We're going to be talking about conflict and particularly conflict resolution. So, uh, Joel, conflict is something that you know every, he- every human has to deal with, sometimes with uh, some people more than others, but at its core – what is conflict, and why do we tend to have conflict with others so easily? Yeah, I mean, typically, when we talk about conflict, it's it's a fight, it's a struggle, it's a clashing of some sorts that just disrupts relationship. And that's what I would say conflict is, is it's something that disrupts relationships. It's a, it's a disagreement between two people or more over something that's super important to them um, that causes some sort of disturbance in that relationship. And yeah, I think we, we get into conflict for um, a number of reasons, but I think two of the reasons that come to mind are God created us in his image, but he also um, is a creator that made it, us different. And so we, we have different opinions, we have different ways of thinking about things. And then the second one is, I mean, we are sinners and we, we sin against people and other people sin against us. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so... When conflict arises, why should we seek to resolve it? Yeah, I mean, it's going to happen. And uh, I think the ultimate goal, though, for resolving conflict is um, so that he or she might experience intimacy with God. I I think that's got to be the number one goal. Um, And so um, we, we look at Scripture, and I think Jesus... Um, would not have said, you know, don't, don't take the speck out of your neighbor's eye if he, if he wanted you to just sweep it under the rug. Um, and so, I mean, I think um, sin um, separates us from God. 
Mm-hmm. And, and God desires that all sin is dealt with and, and brought before him, before the cross, so that there's no barriers between us and God. So there's this restoration of relationship with God, but also restoration with each other. And, um, you know, I think sometimes we, we don't experience intimacy with God um, because we have not repented of sins that um, between our neighbors. And um, so, yeah, I think, I think it's so important um, that we should resolve conflict. Gotcha. I, and I love how you kind of, you made it a bigger deal than just the person that you're having conflict with, right? Like if the ultimate goal is that we would all experience deeper intimacy with God, like the conflict that you and I hypothetically might have, yes, it's a disturbance for our relationship, but it's also making a huge uh, deficit in how we are experiencing God. So I, I think, I love how you made that connection there. Um, so what are some what are some of the different and you know perhaps unhelpful ways that people typically handle conflict? Yeah, I mean, I would say that our culture um, we do not do conflict well. Um, we've we've learned from lots of people before us, and um, and we continue some of those patterns of just unhelpful ways of dealing with conflict. And so, I think that there's a spectrum that I, that I usually talk about with people. Um, and it goes from passive to aggressive. And so um, the passive way I think we deal with conflict in a really unhelpful way is we tend to sweep things under the rug. I said that earlier. We, we, you know, we avoid conflict at all costs. And, and the reason why we do this is we hate offending people. We hate offending people because we hate rejection. And so we just ignore conflict. We're passive about it. And we become a doormat that people walk over. Um, mm. And that just builds and builds and builds. And if we're so passive, you know, eventually it's going to explode. And, and so, yeah, the passive side of things is we, we avoid it altogether. We cut them off. Um, and then I'd say just a step before the aggressive side, we, we also have what I would consider the most common one is passive aggressive. So I, I think a lot of ways that we deal with conflict is through just passive aggressive means. So, we, we start to try to manipulate people to behave the way that we want them to behave, but we do this in a really indirect way, right? Um, and so we do this through social media. We do this through over text. It could be something really direct, but it's done in a passive method. Right. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, yeah, so passive aggressiveness, I mean, everyone has a passive aggressive friend, right? Everyone has a passive aggressive family member. Sure. Or even a ten- tendency of their own, right? I think it's pretty easy to do. <laughs> it's also one of those things that's like, I'm trying to think of an example right now and it's hard to, but when you see it, you just know it, right? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. No, and, and I fall into that category a lot. I mean, I remember in college, I was super passive aggressive, um, I would leave sticky notes for my roommate, you know, just dropping some hints that, you know, he might need to clean the room. Um, right. Shout out to my friend Josh. And, <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, he, he was really helpful in helping me uncover some of the passive aggressive ways I, I had dealt with my conflict with him. And sure. And then I, I think the, the last kind of way we do, so we, we're passive, we're passive aggressive. And then I think sometimes our, in our culture, unfortunately, we're very aggressive. Um, we're, we're verbally abusive, we're demanding, we're controlling um, when we confront conflict. And, um, you know, we become harsh or we just cut off relationships. That's our way of dealing with conflicts is we just cut people off. We, quote, cancel them. Mm. Yeah. Wow. 
Okay. So you talked a little bit about the unhelpful ways, the things that don't really work in handling conflict. But what does the Bible have to say about conflict and how to resolve it? Um, the Bible says a lot. Uh, it says a lot about conflict. Um, uh, the, the one passage that immediately comes to mind is from the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, I think Jesus' theology of conflict resolution is just so well laid out in Matthew 7, 3 through 5. Um, I mean, he says, he says, why do you see the speck in your brother's eye? But do not notice the log in your own eye. You know, how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your own eye when there's a log in your own eye? Mm, yeah. And, you know, so he he is very specific and he says uh, very clearly, take the speck out of your own eye and then you'll be able to take the uh, or take the speck out of your brother's eye um, after you take the log out of your own eye. And so, I mean, I think the first way that Jesus kind of lays out is that we should engage conflict um, engage in conflict with just a ton of humility and with a ton of grace for our neighbor, for our friend, for our family member, uh, teammate, um, et cetera. And so before we can engage in that conflict, uh, we must notice and repent of our own brokenness, our own sin. And so, um, I mean, I think the reality is that we have a log in our own eye often. You know, we, we are broken. We are sinful. And, and the call of the gospel is to notice our sin, to become aware of it, to observe it, to see it, detect it. Um, and, you know, uh, you know, one of the, our hardest um, things we deal with is we have a really hard time seeing our sin. It's really difficult. And so... Um, before we can confront someone, we have to confront our own heart. Before you call someone out on their sin, pause, consider, notice um, your own sin, your own brokenness. And so, I mean, one of the, the best things you can do before you engage in conflict with others, um, that I think Jesus says here, is, is, you know, ask God to show you your hidden faults. Um Psalm 1912, Psalm 139, 24, just great prayers to pray. Just, God, show me my hidden faults. Show me the ways I can't see that I'm sinning against my neighbor. Yeah. You know, I'm just thinking of the amount of experiences I've had with other friends and conflict that has arisen. And there is a noticeable difference in how I receive that kind of conversation from a friend who is coming from a humble perspective and who has, you know, figuratively taken that, the log out of their own eye before mm -hmm. they come to talk to me about something that I've done. Mm -hmm. And it, it goes a long way when you take the time to, you know, examine your own life first and say, okay, you know what? I'm frustrated with my friend over this, but I'm not perfect here. And I see some flaws here and I need to probably start by apologizing to them about what I've done. And then yeah. wouldn't you know it, Joel, a lot of times a fruitful conversation will come from that, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think one of the best things we can do is to develop a pattern of repentance. Um, after you repent um, of your sins more and more often, uh, when you engage in confronting others, the, the more likely they'll listen. Um, uh, my my wife Kate has taught me this. You know, she's developed a pattern of apologizing and confessing when she sinned against me, and so much that when she exposes my sin, I listen to her. Hmm. Wow, 
That's good, man. So what other sort of, I guess, tips or advice would you give to a Christian who is listening and, you know, they're having some, some conflict with someone? Yeah. I mean, I think there's a few really just practical ways that you can um, engage in conflict with someone that is in a way that they'll, they'll hear you and that you'll have a fruitful conversation. It will lead to flourishing. And I, I think what the first thing is when you are about to engage in conflict, you want to set up a good time, select a good time to discuss and deal with conflict. And you want to do this as soon as possible. Um, it's really easy just to wait and wait and wait until someone something builds up, kind of like the passive way, right? Right. You know, we we wait so long that it becomes um, we're like, ah, you know, time will heal all this, and um, it really um, is to a detriment to the relationship. And so you want to set um, you want to select a good um, time to discuss it to deal with the conflict as soon as possible. Um, and so, yeah, don't wait until you've grown completely bitter towards that person to have it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so select a good time, a good place um, to do it. You want to you want to talk about um, hard things in the right environment. So, um, and then the you, know, you want to own up to the ways. The second thing is you want to own up to the ways that you may, you may have added to the problem. So you know, mm. again, just look at your heart, take the long the log out of your own eye, and repent. You know. For example, I mean, you know, if something's been bothering you for a while, I mean, you might say something along the lines of, hey, listen to your role. I, I, I should have shared this with you weeks ago. Um, and, you know, I've, I've become impatient with you, um, impatient with you. I've become argumentative. I've become bitter. And I'm just really sorry that it's taken me so long to, to come to you with something that's been bothering me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you want to try to see things from the other's point of view um, when you're um, kind of owning up to the, what you may have added to the problem. Yeah. And then um, kind of the last things I would say is you want to define the problem, what the, the spec is. Um, you know, you want to attack the problem, not the person. Okay. That's so important. Um, attack the problem, but do not attack the person. So you might use just something really clear something really specific example, you know, when you said blank, um, during our discipleship group or the other day, um, during that Bible study or, um, over dinner, uh, this, that really bothered me. So Mm. avoid phrases like you always do this or you never do this. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, Anytime you yeah you know, you'll get into marriage you, you'll find out that those words are dangerous right always yeah, and never they're explosive um, they're explosive <laughs> and so yeah you want to you want to define the problem not attack the person and and share how it's impacted you maybe how it's impacted others um, what emotions it has made you feel um, and then finally you want to be really gracious and patient. Um, I think we all know this, but we rarely apply it. Change and healing takes time. And and so when you are engaging in conflict, the goal again is so that they would experience intimacy with God. And so you want to be gracious to them and patient with them. And you want to invite them into a deeper relationship with you. It's like, I'm bringing this before you. Um, this has bothered me for a while because I, I want more for our relationship and I want um, a deeper relationship with you. For sure. This is good, man. So maybe we can 
start to wrap it up here. Ultimately, when there's conflict involved, it, there's two parties involved. And sometimes the person you're experiencing conflict with might not care. And there might be people who feel apathetic. So what would you say to someone who might be listening? And there is some sort of passive-aggressive conflict that's been going on with a friend of theirs. But ultimately, they've just been kind of ignoring it. They've been apathetic towards it. What would you say to that uh, to that person? Yeah, I mean, I get it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, there's nothing just super fun about engaging in conflict. Oh, you don't enjoy um, it, Joel? <laughs> <laughs> it's not it's not a hobby of mine. It's not something I <laughs> I look forward to doing. Um but don't I mean, don't we all want more for our relationships? I mean, don't we all want and just long for real authentic relationship? And uh, of, of course, right? right? It's like God made us for this. He made us for genuine real relationships. And guess what? Real relationships have conflict. Um, any good team, any good uh, friend is you're going to have conflict with them, and so it's it's in relationships that we're hurt. You know, we're we are wounded by people. We are really hurt by others. Um, but it's also in relationships that we experience lots of joy, lots of healing, lots of um, valuable memories. And, and so I would say to that person that maybe might be a little bit apathetic, like me sometimes engaging in conflict resolution is is worth it because it leads to real relationships. Wonderful, man. Well, Joel, I think, um, I speak for everyone who's listening that we're really grateful. You gave us some of your time today. Um, uh, such a wise brother of mine, and I'm glad to have you here on the podcast. Any parting words before we, uh, we get out of here, man? No, um, I really enjoyed this. Thanks again for having me out. Absolutely, brother. So uh, with that in mind, I just want to remind everybody who is listening to please um, like and subscribe to the podcast wherever you are listening. Share it with your friends. Share it with um, uh, classmates of yours, people that are in your Bible studies or your discipleship groups. um, And let us know if there's any sort of topics that you would like to hear covered Um, for the podcast. So um, with all of that in mind, once again, I want to thank Joel, my good friend, for joining me. Uh, This is T-Roll saying thank you once again for listening to the Campus Outreach podcast. We will see you next time for another episode. Take care.